Welcome to Material, a show about the Google and Android universe, hosted on the Relay Fan Network. This episode of Material is brought to you by Linode and Squarespace. I'm one of your hosts, Yasmin Evian, and joining me, as always, my wonderful co-host, Andy Anako. Is he going to be here today? I are I are here today. I am I am not a. <gasps> Andy's here. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> and and our other wonderful co-host, uh, Russell Ivanovich. Hey, hey, I'm back too. But wait a minute, how do we know Andy hasn't been replaced with like one of those neural network AlphaGo like playing Google machines? I, I, I'm very... What's, a, what's an answer only? What's a question only the real Andy would know? I'm just very pleased that you're mm. suggesting that I would have been replaced as opposed to that's been the case all along. It means that the project's working very, <laughs> very well. And I think Ooh. I've just proven because only Andy and Otko would say something like that that would cause you to just sort of freak out a little bit and just be wondering... And not be able to focus on the massive pile of interesting stories. All concentration week. loss. I think we have the real Andy. That's, that's why he can change his background so often as well. Like, you know, in the VR world, you can do whatever you want. So, Andy, I actually introduced you last week first because, you know, you were saying, you know, why does Russell get introduced first? And then you were gone and you weren't there. It was just crickets. <laughs> it was pure silence. So uh, we're glad that you're back. I hope, I hope you're not just breaking the silence now, though. You, you, you could have texted me. So like I, I was getting text messages up in Yosemite. Andy's just sitting by his computer with a microphone. What? Why did they call me? Why is it? Why is it? I guess uh, Russell. Skype call duration <laughs> six days, 23 hours, 13 minutes. My favorite is uh, when. So we, we have a Google Docs that we do for our show outline. And we, we're all logged in and kind of going through that as we're going through the show. Uh, but sometimes I'll, when I do show notes, like the next day, I'll go back and reference so I can get all the links. And my favorite is when one of you forgets to sign off or click out of the material uh, show outline. And I'm like, wow, they're really into this like material episode. They are still on the Google Docs file like because it shows their little picture showing that they're still there. These are dedicated co-hosts. Some of us... Some of us don't just, you know, click in and click out of responsibility. For some of us, really, responsibility really is a lifestyle. <laughs> and for others, it's really not. We, we close the show, Doc, as soon as the show ends and we go on with our life. Sorry, Yasmin. I, I might leave it open, though, just for the whole week, because I actually do record this on a different computer to what I work on. So I can just leave this on all week if, <laughs> if it makes you feel better. It does. It makes me feel the dedication. <laughs> You're like, Russell's been here all week, but he hasn't typed anything into the doc. What's, what's going on? He's just pondering, ruminating on everything. Uh, Yasmin, I have some insanely exciting news. What? Sorry, I figured while I was already talking, I need to share this because it's so big. I finally found the native Hangouts app of my dream. Uh, unfortunately, it's not dreams, I should say. It's not made by Google, so that's probably the only down point. But it is called Yak Yak, and it is open source, and it is not ugly, and it actually does work, and I've, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. I even, being a developer, I got to fork it and change a few fonts and things to, to make it more to my liking, and I've been using it every day. I love it. So good. What was what was it that made you fall in love? What were you looking for? So I found a whole bunch of open source projects. Obviously, a lot of people have reverse engineered the Google Hangouts API, and a lot of them were just ugly and poorly implemented and kind of half there. I don't want to bag any of these people. They all did a really good job of you know figuring out something that isn't documented. But when it got to building the user interface part, I think a lot of them just gave up. They're like, ah, oh, this is too hard. So what I like about the Yak Yak project apart from the weird name, <laughs> is that um, they've actually got, done a decent job of the UI. So it's a nicely laid out user interface. You've got very similar to iMessages. You've got your contacts um, on the left. Um, you've got your messages on the right. And you can kind of just um, you know click through them. It's, it's 
I know a lot of people have said, oh, this is similar to the Hangouts app you can get for Chrome. But the thing I like about it is it's just it's a little thing that you know I can just click on. It launches on its own. It's got its own window. It's not tied to my browser um, in any way. It's fast. You can drag and drop you know, things like images in there. You've got native emoji support. Just, just a lot of really nice things that you get with the Mac app. And yeah, I've just been really enjoying it. And I guess I, I've been really kind of geeking out on the developer side as well. The fact that it's open source and you can just go in there and you know, make your own modifications is, is kind of cool. But why on earth would you encourage people to interrupt your day and try to communicate with you? I, I, my, my, my outgoing voicemail message is two and a half minutes long and two, point, two and a quarter minutes is just, look, don't, don't leave me a message. There's, I don't know how you got this number, but just it's not going to work out for either one of us. Here's an email address. That works great. I actually um, I use it extensively. So I've gotten all my family on Hangouts, mostly the ones that don't use WhatsApp or on Hangouts. And so just having it open there. And also this thing does support badges on, on OS ten, So you can just minimize it into your dock. You don't need to stare at it. And when a new message comes in, you get like a little, you know, number one, number two. You're like, ooh, someone's messaging me. Yeah, I found out that, you know, I use Slack for all of our my work uh, conversations and also for the podcast. But Hangouts is because it's tied into my SMS. And usually that's how our family, my family communicates. We all just have like a giant group SMS that we're or sending each other and talking. So having a good Hangouts app is like really, really helpful. So I'll have to check it out. Speaking about the Slack community, um, like some of, you, some of you have asked, hey, can we get like the login? How do we get into the material or relay Slack community? Um, but actually the relay Slack community is a private one and it's only for hosts. So you can't get in. I'm sorry. I know. I'll, well, you can, you can, well, to be fair, you can, if, you, if sorry, you bring yes, a show yes, to relay you FM, can. you launch it here, you get yourself some listeners, you can join us in our Slack. It's not impossible. It's not impossible. It can be done. Can be done. You just have to get a show on relay. Um, so <laughs> how hard could that be? Just, just, just do constantly it. I, I badge know, a mic I, on Twitter. It just happens, you know, magically. Uh, we got a show. Yeah. We got a show and look at us <laughs> or listen to us. Um, yeah, we, we've had a lot of feedback. We're like, Hey, can we start like a material Slack room or, you know, things of that. And, and, you know, I'm, I would be excited for it, but I know that me, I just don't have the time for, for keeping up with another Slack community. And I don't think any of us do. Um, so we're sorry you can't get in. Well, you can get in. You just have to have a show on Relay FM. It's a private host community. That's where we have our conversations. Even the Relay FM shipping guy isn't able to jo- join the Slack Shout out to Jeffrey because uh, he just sent us a, ni- a nice message saying, hey, I'm the Relay FM shipping guy. And he was, uh, I don't know, a couple episodes back when I first ordered stickers uh, for from Relay, he wrote a nice note saying like, hi, Yasmin, like love the show, enjoy the stickers. And I was like, oh my gosh, someone listens to the show. This is awesome. <laughs> but he actually reached out and said, hey, you know, I started this uh, podcast on Android development because of hearing you guys all talk about material podcasts. It really encouraged me and wanted and made me want to try uh, my hand at Android development. So now he has a podcast showcasing that. So I think that's pretty cool. We're, we're inspiring people to start podcasts. Who knows? Maybe one of those wonderful <laughs> podcasts will end up on the Relay FM network, and then you'll be able to join the wonderful community, Slack community of Relay. And of course, if you do, if you want to get our attention, uh, we're we're active on Twitter. You can you can at reply us on Twitter either through the at Material Podcast uh, uh, ID or individually or collectively. Uh, and that's that's the sort of, that's the sort of thing that I absolutely check in on. Well, I'm checking in on three different Twitter win- Twitter windows right now because that's where a lot of my groupthink comes from. But uh, go go ahead and listen. We, we 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 like open channels of communication. Through Slack, maybe not. I don't know. If we if we start doing live shows, but we'll, we'll probably have some sort of channel open so that 
Uh, those of you who use uh, Google messaging services to tell total strangers that you hate your, their work, uh, we can definitely see that live. You can see our, <laughs> our faces either change uh, to, to become very, very sad or to become steely and resolute, uh, which will probably just egg you on even more. But uh, if we see you getting upset that we don't care, uh, that again, that, that really does uh, uh, underscore our conviction. So yeah, I mean, the, the, a win-win for some people. There's definitely a reason we give out our Twitter handles at the end of the show. They are our real Twitter handles. We're not like <laughs> some of these people on Facebook that have like you know one account for your parents, so you can friend your parents, and another private account that you spell your name backwards. You know, no one, no one's ever going to find that. How did you one, find one of my that? Did that? How did you? My, what you figured out? I spelled my name backwards. What? Now you know Yasmin's a Facebook oh, account, no. but. Um, yeah, so you definitely, definitely contact us on Twitter. Yeah, that's that's why we give it out. And we also, we love email. I love hearing from you guys on email just to kind of give us insight. And one of you emailed us and said that Daydream is still very much a thing, especially on Android TV. So this was pretty cool. So I don't have an Android TV, um, so I didn't know that this was a, a feature, but a Daydream is actually like the default thing that when your TV goes to sleep and you're, you have Android uh, open, it will default to like the Daydream. And we talked about Daydream was uh, the, it was kind of like a screensaver for your Android device. And uh, they were saying that colors was like the default one. So you got to see the beautiful colors, array of colors. So that was pretty fun. So, hey, maybe, maybe they will bring Daydream back at IO 16. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the headline yeah. announcement. They'll get on stage. They'll be like, "Daydream yeah. for every." It's now on your Android Wear watch. It's now on your Chromebook. Daydream everywhere. Especially if they're really sarcastic about it. That we we drop the self driving car project. <laughs> We're not going to work on security updates because it looks like Joshua L. Meisenstein of North Dakota wanted the Daydream feature back. So congratulations. There's a zero day exploit that affects all Android devices that we didn't get to. But you have your little winky clock face that shows you your little boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> so last week, Andy, you were, you were away. We have to know. The listeners need to know. Nay, they demand to know. What what were you up to? I was at a Macintosh developers, an iOS developers <gasps> conference uh, because, uh, again, I am a, a, a egalitarian. I embrace all faiths here. This is a Unitarian. Andy, didn't you get uh, that uh, contract I sent you and Russell? You must destroy all Apple devices that run iOS. I'm just kidding. I, no, that oh, didn't actually do that. There is a bottle of You know what to do with this. You probably didn't get it back because I did respond. I mailed it back, but maybe the fact that it was covered with spit, <laughs> uh, the postal service w- refused to take it as a biohazard. No, no, no. We we are we're all one big community. As as a Google podcast, we are we are we should be embracing the idea of Google trying to put their services and their, their the reach of their tentacles <laughs> on every single device that's out there. Um, but this is this is a cool one because uh, when Apple changed uh, created the the new version of macOS, they called it macOS Yosemite. Uh, this uh, group that does this really good series of conferences all across the country, uh, CocoConf, they decided to create a conference that would take place at Yosemite National Park. There is a lodge that has a, a room big enough to have 100 people in it. And so the first one was last year. And it's like, you're in Yosemite National Park. And I grew up in New England where you you can – there we got mountains, but there are hills and trees that are blocking your views of those these mountains. And so the first time you're just – I'm waking up and I'm on like the patio of my little lodge and, oh – so there's a huge, huge cliff with an enormous uh, – with Yosemite Falls just cascading down, and that's what you look at wow. when you wake up and you look out the window. That's pretty cool. Uh, and it's also a good place to bring a camera because this is where you convince people that you're actually a great photographer because uh, there is a, a – I'm going to paste into the Slack channel this uh, – 
uh, this picture I took with my Nexus 5X, uh, you get, yeah, you, you get out, it's, it's uh, the, the view that was famously captured by Ansel Adams uh, of uh, Half Dome and you, there's mountains and uh, I think that's Bridal Veil Falls on the, on the right and there's a big, big meadow and all that kind of stuff. And there's, uh, whereas uh, Ansel Adams had to go to a lot of trouble to get there. When you're driving up to Yosemite, you you clear the tunnel. That's like a rest area. You just park the car. You walk to the hundred other tourists with selfie sticks. And so long as you point your camera at the correct side of the planet, like towards, say, Half Dome and the valley and not towards the parking lot, you will get a really good picture. Uh, so it's, it's, it's definitely a photography at the easy level. Uh, but it really did. I've, I've been spending the la- – I posted that last week and I've been spending a week – uh, answering the question, that was with a Nexus 5X? Saying, like, yes, indeed, that was with a Nexus 5X. Uh, so really, really good solid camera. I was using it for a lot of the – I obviously took like the real camera with me, the, the, the my Olympus OMD that I absolutely love. Uh, but I was really surprised and pleased by how well uh, the 5X camera worked for me. Also, I've been doing really in-depth testing of Adobe Lightroom Mobile uh, that's the the mobile apps they have that will work with uh, the desktop version of Adobe uh, Photoshop Lightroom, uh, and I'm really enjoying it. They they recently added uh, a camera capture feature to it, which I hadn't known about until I started uh, going uh, going at it again. So uh, on uh, here's and here's if I'll restore to you your your pleasure at uh, talking about Android <laughs> as opposed to iOS. It has a feature that uh, it's a it's multi-platform. But the uh, the Android version has something that you can't do on the iPhone, which is to capture RAW. So it, it captures camera RAW, saves it as a DNG file. And because the uh, the Lightroom mobile app has all these really fine-grained uh, adjustments you can make to the thing, not just Instagram, make it look like an old Polaroid, or, or to, to be fair, make just make this brighter, make this not quite so bright, please make this warmer, please make this not quite so warm. I mean, it's, it's designed to be easy to use, but those of us who become like kind of photography wonks, where like I just there's just a little bit of like a bluish cast that I wish I could just eliminate without remo- without changing anything else. And you just say, well, here's here's a slider for all the blues and change the blues to so that they're not quite so prominent. Uh, and all these little tiny tiny fiddly things and the ability to make all those adjustments on a raw file on the phone itself. And then uh, not only does it sync back to my Lightroom library back home on my Mac automatically because it's all connected via the cloud, but also if I post directly from it, uh, it just looks... I, I took that same picture with... Uh, I had like five cameras with me. And <laughs> we did make it last we week. We, we guessed 12, I think. So we're, we were a little bit off, but we are close. You're never... I'm always... There, there's, no, there's nothing I can be doing that I can't be making tax deductible uh. by turning it into some sort of software or hardware test. Uh, ben, I'll, uh, you've really got to look at this photo really closely to see the differences between it and the uh, iPhone picture and even the Olympus photo. You have to look, If you look really, really close, you'll see that the Olympus, the sky in the Olympus version of the photo doesn't have quite so much noise in it because, you know, tiny sensor versus big sensor. But, boy, it captured the color, it captured the light, it captured all the detail. Uh, it's one hell of a camera. I'm still, uh, and, and of course, now that I've <laughs> removed all the other apps that will light up the camera and light up the GPS as soon as I launch the camera app, uh, I'm really happy with it. Yeah, that looks amazing. I, I follow um, a designer that works on Apple on Twitter, and he was at Yosemite a few weeks ago as well. And some of the photos he took with his DSLR were just amazing. And I'm like, dude, you have to get these into OS 10 as backgrounds. You know, you have to do it. And he was basically yeah. saying, 
it, Yosemite is an easy place to take photos because everything just looks stunning. Mm-hmm. You can literally just point your camera at something, you know, frame it just right, press the button, and now you've got like a photo you can frame on the wall. Seriously, a friend of mine, uh, Serenity Caldwell, uh, was t- telling me the story about how uh, she she was just sort of like taking a nap on a bench at the resort, and she just feels this little just sort of, you know, just a, 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 against her leg, and it's a bobcat. Oh, my god! And not, not a bobcat that wants to eat her. It's just sort of a, hey there, I'm a bobcat. How you doing? And so she got a couple snapshots, and she went for just a, a walk around Half Dome, and then she sees the exact same bobcat just like in the middle of the, the, middle of the road, just, yep, how you doing? Hanging out. Everything's doing cool. See, see any voles or other squirrels or other small creatures because I'm a bit peckish. Uh, it's it's just amazing. It's some of the, some of the most some of the the best photos I've ever taken were at Yosemite because for God's sakes, you're you're surrounded by wildlife and nature and half dome and the full dome and uh, and, and and El Capitan. And if, even if you're kind of if you even if you're thirty percent a lump like me and you don't want to like climb eighteen thousand feet into the air to, to get pictures, it's Get a bike, get a trail. It's just lovely. Please go visit Yosemite. You, you people who who live three hours away from it who's never been there, oof, I don't know what to tell you. It's on my bucket list for sure. I guess I'll have to become a, an, an <laughs> Apple podcaster so I can justify the the expense of going. <laughs> Do you have to pay to get in? Um, the park it's um, the park itself isn't that expensive. Uh, however, getting lodgings there, if you're not camping, can be pretty pricey. Although the lodge that we were at, because tourist season doesn't really start for another month, I think the room rate was about $160, $170 a night. Uh, so I could have easily, if had I not been quite so stupid, just booked another couple of, couple other days outside of the conference and just done nothing but, uh, but take pictures. Uh, I, I'm told, though, that we're getting sort of a skewed view of this. I've only only gone to Yosemite twice, both times at these conferences, and both times in March or April. I'm told that during summer vacation months, it's like being at <laughs> Disney World on the Fourth of July, where uh, I have okay. these beautiful I have these beautiful <laughs> pictures of these landscapes with just oh look, there's El Capitan at sunset, and I believe that if I try to take that same picture at June, it would be like a million pictures, a million backs of people holding up phones on selfie sticks that would have to be photoshopped out. Or one tablets. One. I was trying to keep this under wraps, but uh, if you use the offer code material at Yosemite, <laughs> you will get 0% off. I, I guarantee it. <laughs> but you, I heard if you use the offer code material at Linode, you may be receiving a discount. So you you may be able to get 0% off at Yosemite. And that, that's a pretty good deal if you ask me. I mean, you, the other podcasts aren't offering you that. You won't hear that anywhere else on Relay FM. But we can go you one better. Uh, one of the sponsors for this week's episode is Linode. And Linode, if you haven't heard of them, they're a combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers. Uh, they're spread across eight data centers currently around the world. And it makes Linode a fantastic solution for your server infrastructure. You can literally get a server up and running in a minute and plans just start at $10 a month. So all you need to do is you go to linode.com, L-I-N-O-D-E.com. Um, you'll find they have all the plans laid out there. You can you know, you know, can sign up. Um, and basically you can just go, yeah, I want this version of Debian. I want this version of this. I want this much RAM. I want this much disk. You know, create and boom, like less than a minute later, you've got a server ready to go. Um, you've got industry-leading native SSD storage. So... For those in the know, that makes a huge difference. You know, when you've got the, the fastest disks possible, you know, attached to your server, everything just runs faster. You've got powerful Intel E5 processors, which are some of the fastest you can get in the cloud market. And you've got access to a 40 gigabit network with multiple levels of redundancy. So you're in a proper data center. It's not, 
you know, it's not someone's basement where they've, you know, hooked up you know, a few fibre cables. This is a real full-on data centre that's, you know, monitored 24-7 and, you know, you've got the connectivity that goes with it. All of Linode's pricing tiers also feature hourly billing. So if you're on, let's say, the $40 a month plan and you decide, oh, I don't want to use the server for the rest of the month, you can just turn it off and basically you get that money back, which is, which is really nice. They have over 400,000 customers who are all serviced by their friendly 24-7 support team. And obviously they're even open over the holidays. You know, things in data centres shouldn't close and Linode definitely doesn't. They're also really committed to improving their infrastructure. So quite often they'll roll out, um, you know, new things like SSDs that that never used to be a thing at Linode until a few years ago. They rolled those out to everyone. They switched from, you know, something called Zen to something called KVM to also increase, you know, performance as well, which is, that's one of the awesome things of being with a provider like Linode is that's all they do. You know, they, they do hosting and every time something new comes along, you know, that they, they battle test it and when it's ready, they'll roll that out to to all their customers. So I'll give you a few quick things you can do. You can run your own private Git server. You can host a large database. Um, you can run a mail server. Just anything that needs a server, like all, pretty much all our back-end applications for Pocket Cast and our other apps, you know, they, they all run on Linode. And here's where we come to you as a listener of the show. If you sign up at linode.com slash material, uh, you'll support us, but you'll also get $20 towards any Linode plan. And I have to say that's one better than our 0% off at Yosemite. Just, just a little <laughs> bit. You get $20. Um, you've got a seven-day money-back guarantee. So there's literally nothing to lose. If you log in, you're like, oh, maybe this is not for me. This is too full-on. Um, you can get your money back. So linode.com slash material. If you're already on the checkout page, you know, you're so excited that you're there right now, just use the offer code material20. And we want to thank Linode for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. So Google now did a really great update that now you can select the stories that you're looking at in Google now and you can say, hey, I'm not interested in this topic or maybe I'm not interested uh, of any topics based on the site. So Google now's algorithm works is by the stuff you've been researching. So if you're really into Android, just like me, um, you probably do a lot of searching for Android. And so Google now will show me all these uh, stories of like, hey, look what new new things are up uh, Android N or, you know, I'm in interested in other tech stuff. So it'll show me information um, that of new stories that pop up. These are all really awesome. And I've actually enjoyed seeing all the stories. But one of the things that's been kind of frustrating is when I get a new story, local news story of like, um, you know, someone arrested for doing this or things of things of that nature. And I'm like, ah, I don't really want to want to see this in my post. But like before the only options were done with this story or you know, don't show me any more stories. And I was like, I really do want to know the stories because I like to know what new things are in tech and kind of get updated from Google Now in that way. So now it actually lets you select, I'm not interested in that topic, I'm not interested in that site, or hey, never show me stories again. Um, so I actually think that's really cool and it's a really useful thing because I know my husband was like, why am I getting getting all these, uh, I think it was game, gaming stories. He's like, not, I don't. I want to. I want to li- see some of these stories, but I keep on getting these. So he'll be happy to know that he can remove one of the topics. Um, so I think it's pretty cool. And I've also noticed on my Google app, and I don't know if this is like on the on the full version or on the release version to the public because I'm on the beta. But they've started to put the Google Now stories like in a in a card where it's like they show you one and then it says read more news stories. So before they were showing like all the news stories on the Google Now page. Um, and I and I really happy that they made this change because what was happening for me is that I would go to my Google Now and I would see like all my upcoming events and things of, of that nature, like packages that were shipped. But then I would get all these stories, which I did enjoy reading, but it was just kind of like 
took over my entire Google Now experience from the bottom. So I'm really glad that they added, you know, just one story and says, hey, read more, and then you can go into a different screen. So I'm happy for these changes. I'm I'm super excited about them as well. There's there's a few news agencies here in Australia. I'm sure you've got the same. I'm not going to name any of them by name, but sometimes there'll be a news story from them. I'm like, this is not a news <laughs> site. And, and I just, I always wish I could just blank it out. And now you've actually got that option. You can say, hey, don't show me anything more from this site, which I think, you know, that makes me very happy. I'm sure it'll make, you know, a lot of other Android users very happy. And also the other option you mentioned, Yasmin, is to turn it off completely, which is, I know at some point Google now changed from, you know, this is everything that's coming up. These are places you might want to get. This is local restaurants to actually showing you news. And I know there was, you know, some percentage of the Android population that really didn't like that. So there you go. Now you've got the option to go in there, turn it off. You just, all you have to do is on every news story, there's these three little dots next to it. You just tap them and, and you'll see the options there. Yeah, I mean, as, as much stress as Google puts on its ability to use machine learning to understand things without you having to, having to tell it, there's nothing faster than saying, yeah, I'm really not interested in this. Or I follow, I follow this link because a friend of mine <laughs> tweeted out this link. I'm really not interested in muscle cars if i could just tell you that or uh, or or even uh, i've uh, i've been uh, i've been looking at a, a certain uh, channels that have like a car videos on them only because i like the hosts and i don't really care about the subject but i just think it's a funny show uh, funny shows to watch and now youtube keeps recommending all <laughs> kinds of car shows to me and i want to say I, I'm I'm watching this ironically. Yeah. I'm watching this sarcastically. Sometimes I'm like, want to have to go into like incognito mode because I'm like, no, I don't want to get a dozen suggestions for this topic. I'm just doing some research, okay? Yeah, as well, especially like with uh, with Google Video and like Netflix. I, I, I'll I'll admit that uh, uh, last night I did watch the Full House reunion show on Netflix. Only because the pre, the pre the, the 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 commercials were on like all the time on every streaming service, and the reviews have been hysterically funny about how bad it was, and so I really did want to see the first episode, but I, I needed to have that that uh, that uh, ironic flag on the Netflix apps. I'm just watching this because <laughs> I think this is going to be horrible, and I want to see how horrible it is. I really don't. I when I when I was done with that first episode, and by the way, it really is horrible. Uh, I could not. <laughs> I was using the Apple TV, so I wanted to make sure that I never, I never used this feature before. I want to make sure it was registering that I was giving it one star, so I could <laughs> tell it I didn't like this at all, not on any level. I have the same problem with um, Google Play Music. So we we have a family plan. So like my wife and I are different accounts. So that bit solved. Like the music she listens to is different to mine. But then we'll get in the car, and then my kids will be like, "I want to play this Minecraft song, and I want to play this other thing." And the problem is, you play so much of that stuff in the car that the next time you press the I'm feeling lucky button in Google Play Music, now you get all the, the kids' music. So it'd be nice to go, like, I just, uh, I'm with you, Andy. I just want to play this, but I don't want this to, like, influence any sort of recommendations or anything else in the future. Just let it go, <laughs> Russell. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have that problem because we have a child that's, like, obsessed with Frozen. So, yes, I understand. I don't think you're alone, Yasmin. There's about 100 should. parents right now just, just they're nodding. nodding their like, they're yeah. crying in the corner with me. We understand. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you'll be happy for me or upset or upset with jealousy that I still do. All I know is the da 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 da. That's literally the only part of that song I know about. You lucky wow, duck. Andy. Even you I made my, my kids watch that movie once. I'm like, you have to. It's yeah, actually a fantastic movie, but you know when you've heard the song a bazillion times. Oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> you just want to let it go. <laughs> oh. There, there's a if, if, even even Hey Jude on Audible Play. You just want to. Okay, thank you. No more na 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 na. 
So, <laughs> so, but uh, have you seen these uh, changes to Google Now in on your phone yet? Yeah, I have. Um, and so, but I also okay. have the the beta, so I don't know if like I get the stuff a, a bit oh, quicker yeah. than that. I have them as okay, well, cool. and I'm on the S7 Edge, so that's, oh, well, that's no beta or anything. That, of course, that's that's the problem because a, a, a lot of these apps that are server side. Uh, You'll read something in Android Police or something about, hey, this is really cool new addition to Google Photos or something. And, oh, wow, great, I'll check that out. And I don't see it at all. And sometimes it's because they're rolling it out slowly. And sometimes it's because Google is actually doing A-B testing. Like, uh, they do that a lot with Google Maps and uh, on Gmail where they'll move a button to a certain place or they'll take a feature that was kind of buried and they'll give it more prominence so you'll finally notice it. And it's not because that's an official change they're making. They want to actually see, will people use this feature if we make it more prominent or is it making people uh, more confused uh, than anything else? Uh, so I, I can't remember what I read. I didn't put it in the show notes because this is exactly what happened. There's a supposedly improvements that uh, that uh, Google Photos has made to its auto creation of like travel uh, travel albums, and I thought, wow! I've, I've, and I've just come back from Yosemite, and I shot photos and videos with all kinds of different devices. This is going to be awesome. And then I go to, uh, go use uh, check in the assistant, and okay, it's I see an animated map that I've seen oftentimes before, and I've seen that there's pictures in there, and I've seen that before. Is this? Am I missing something, or has it simply not rolled out to me yet? So I'm hoping that uh, the, the the articles described it as being a little bit more sophisticated. It's uh, apparently you can't uh, there, there's an autocomplete wired into every single operating system that when you mention a feature in Google, machine learning <laughs> has to be pasted in <laughs> somewhere into the article. So using advanced machine learning on editing your videos. Uh, so, but it, it is frustrating yeah, because machine learning is the new cloud. That, that's what I've learned. It has to be on every website. Yeah. We we had the same thing last week, Andy. So I had a new version of Hangouts. Um, and I was trying to tell Yasmin about that feature and she had the old version but the feature was very similar just implemented a different way it was the thing where you pull down a notification and you can do a quick reply and the frustrating thing is Google do that client side as well so they'll do stage rollouts of their apps where sometimes a new version of say Hangouts will take two weeks before it's on 100% of phones so they might start with 1% and then they'll go to 5 and then they'll go to 10 so you, you'll read some exactly you read an article you'll be like oh I've got to try this auto reply thing and you'll get the auto the old version of the auto reply and you'll be like oh this looks exactly like it did before like what what is this new news article even on about <laughs> yep well there's there's there, there at least one uh more uh, overt change sometimes it's just language the today uh, Google announced that Chromecast is now simply being called Googlecast. And part of that is reflecting the fact that uh, whereas they were originally talking to you about how you can fling video from your phone's YouTube player onto your TV screen, now they want to make it sound like you know, like USB. It's just a cable that wirelessly puts things from where you've got it on your mobile device onto uh, speakers or, or or screens or anything like that. Uh, and part of the, so they launched a brand new website that looks all ginchy and cool and will probably crash your browser if you're not running something that's kind of modern. Uh, but uh, also, actually, I found out about this first through a press release I got from Vizio because they're doing a new, uh, they uh, releasing a new line of smart cast speakers and screens. Uh, all of them will have uh, cast again. We have now we have to call it Google Cast <laughs> built in, uh, and not just not as a hey, isn't it cool? That instead of spending all of thirty dollars for a dongle, the dongle will be wired in. Uh, they're actually trying to make it uh, integral to the whole experience. There's a new uh, P series TV, a line of TVs uh, that don't actually come with a, a traditional remote control. It comes actually with a six inch Android tablet uh, with some custom software. 
Um, Matt McRae is the chief technology officer of Vizio and uh, got a long, long, long uh, interview uh, on The Verge today uh, in which he's railing against the scourge of our time, uh, actual remote controls. Here's a couple of quotes. I can't believe we have rubber buttons and a plastic housing with AA batteries, he says. We're navigating from remotes that were invented in the 1950s. That needs to be dynamited. And okay, that, 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 they're a little <laughs> bit more sophisticated than what we had in the 50s. Uh, and I don't know. It's Maybe that was the wrong quote for me. Uh, the, the next one was uh, that I singled out was uh, a better remote control is not the answer. That's the wrong way to think about it. We've done touchpad remotes. We've done keyboards. We've prototyped motion sensing. We've gone down all those paths, and we think they're all cul-de-sacs. The answer is to get rid of the remote control as a device category. Any screen should be a remote control. And I was reflecting upon this as a uh, user of the Apple TV, especially its brand new, like, touchscreen, swipey, uppy, downy remote. And uh, one of the reasons why I really prefer my Roku to my Apple TV, despite the fact that the Roku can't do quite as much, is that it comes with this thick candy bar remote with deep, clicky buttons. And because when I'm in bed or on my sofa... I'm not necessarily wanting to look down to find a, to hold this thing in my hand and figure out okay is this is the remote the right side up upside down do I have to I, I want buttons that I can actually feel underneath my fingers um I just realized this might maybe I'm dumb but uh I just realized a couple of weeks ago that if you're using the music player in Apple TV the next and previous track buttons are actually integrated into the touchpad uh, because uh, if you haven't used uh, the this little stick of gum style uh, touch touchpad that is on the Apple TV, um, your brain gets wired up to think of it as having a, a, a touch surface so you can swipe left, right, up and down. But it does have a clicky button underneath it, but your brain is sort of gets wired up to think that it's sort of like an OK button. It's for a selector. And so it didn't instinctively make me think that if I just click on the left-hand side of the screen, there'll be previous track. The right side of the screen, it'll be next track. Um, there's maybe, there, sometimes you think that there's a reason why remote controls with rubber buttons and plastic housings and AA batteries, one of the reasons why they have been unchanged is that our hands haven't changed. Uh, and the way that we watch TV uh, hasn't really changed. The way the TV gets delivered has changed a lot, but we still get into the thing where we know we want to relax and watch something. We don't necessarily know what that is. So whereas these sophisticated multi-touch remotes are great for uh, doing a voice command to say, please show me the latest ver the latest episode of The Big Bang Theory, it's not so good at nope, nope, nope. What's this? Uh, nope, nope. And that's what you need a clicky button for. So that's it's good to see that cast is getting uh, is 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 being turned into a more like an A level star in the experience because it certainly deserves to be that way. And it'd be great if Vizio decides to simply throw uh, cast into every single screen except for the the most uh, budget lines. But I really I think the greatest the greatest thing of all would be a, a, a TV screen that supports cast and has a really good multi touch phone uh, thing, but will also include a a stupid OEM remote that cost all of $3.10 to manufacture in China that just simply has fast forward, return, okay, channel up, channel down, and mute. Yeah, the, the nice part about having an actual physical remote is you don't have to charge it. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. but, but actually, so I, I did uh, read into the story because I was like, Okay, I, I was like you, Andy, and I was like, okay, I'm kind of weary. You're using a tablet as something to control it. You know, I can use that with my phone already, but I'm weary. But actually, the it's um, 
you can charge it via wireless charging. So like that's a plus. I was like, okay, at least you can just set it on the stand and it'll wireless charge. But the problem yeah. with that for me is there's not really a place. I'm, I'm trying to think in like my living room. There's not really a place that I can put it um, where it could be connected to power. And then I don't have to get up from the couch in order to in order to get to the remote, because that's like the most annoying thing. You don't want to be sitting down and thinking, oh, I have to get to the remote. I know they did include like a really small remote, I think similar to the size of like the Roku remote or even the Fire Fire TV, uh, just so that you can get like the the basic, uh, you know, uh, volume and buttons and things of that nature. So they did include that, which I think is cool. So I like that they did, here's a small uh, remote so that you can have on the couch, but here, here's also this really cool seven inch tablet that you can u- utilize it with. Um, and actually the interesting thing, cause I saw the video was that they didn't skin the, the UI for the tablet. It looks very much like it just like a Nexus tablet would be. Um, and of course I think it may come pre-installed with some of the apps that have uh, Google cast built in, but for the most part, they kind of left it alone. I'm definitely interested in, in the idea of playing with it because it's one of the things as, uh, having a, a child, a small child, and like she's been able to navigate the Fire TV really well because she has a physical remote or even our other TV that has smart features built in because there's a physical remote. I'm very interested on whether or not she would be able to navigate a tablet and figure out the Chromecast stuff. Like that's, I, I'm sure she would because she's pretty smart, but I'm interested in the idea of like, okay, now that you want to watch something, you have to click this this button at the top that, that looks like a little TV with little, uh, I don't know, radio. She probably was like, what's a radio mom? No, radio signals, you know, so click on that and they'll, they'll cast it. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to also think if like when my parents come over and if they're watching my daughter, how they will navigate using a tablet as a, as a way to control the TV. It's very, all very interesting. So yeah, I think this is interesting because I, I think I'm in a slightly different place to both of you. Like we've had a, a Sony TV here in the office for a while and it's had Google Cast built in and it is really handy. I, I almost wish, and this, this might be my personal wish, that TVs shipped with a tiny little remote that's just like volume up, volume down, change input, you know, maybe change channel if you've still got like a, a digital TV or analog TV or whatever. But I love the fact that I'm so used to navigating things on my phone. So I know how to navigate Netflix way better on my phone than I do on any sort of TV interface. I know how to navigate, you know, YouTube the same. It's just so much easier on the phone than it is through like a remote. And I love the fact that on this TV, you can just, this is the YouTube video I want to find. Like it doesn't matter if I'm on my laptop or my phone. I just press the little Chromecast button. It pushes it up to the TV and then that YouTube video plays. Like it's, I think it's it's super simple for like short form content. So if you want to watch, you know, 30 minute show, if you want to watch like a five minute YouTube video, for me at least the easiest way to get that um, to a TV is with Google Cast. You know, there's very little friction there because you already know how to use your phone. I guess the the hard part is if you're not like a user who's, you know, crazy into using your phone for all these things, like how do you come up with something in between? And I guess that's what Vizio is trying. They're like, well, if we can give you, you know, a tablet and you can sort of navigate on there, you, you can have that experience. But... For me, I just I just want it on the phone. Like we found with the Sony TV, we've lost all the remotes. They're sitting in a drawer somewhere. It doesn't really matter because you've got um, – there is also an Android A – I'm trying to remember, an Android TV remote app as well because this thing has the full Android TV sort of experience built in. And I find with that you don't really need a remote anymore. Like as, as long as your phone is handy, which which it always is, you can you know use that. One of the things that I found interesting though is that it actually doesn't have a built-in tuner into it, so you can't watch live TV from there. Um, and I don't know if uh, you can plug in like via like cable or something. I'm sure there might be a way to do that. 
uh, but it doesn't have it built in. So it's an interesting thing to even look at the where they see the future of television going. You know, even live TV, what does that even mean anymore? And are people just watching it on their phones and Chromecasting it? I would, I I would Chromecast everything if I could just if it was live. Like when I watch the presidential debates, I'm like. Is it on YouTube? Can I just Chromecast it or I have to find a way to get it? Like that just saves me so much time uh, instead of having to go through all the channels and see which one it is. Because, But uh, it, it's an interesting thing to see kind of where the, the future of TV is going and I'm pretty excited for it. Well, we, we had that experience during the Australian Open here. Um, it, so for the first time, one of our major networks put all the shows um, into an app and the app was really good. Like previously you had to go use some IBM app and you're like, oh my goodness, like if I can even get the scores to load, you know, then I'll, I'll have to stand on one leg and, you know, shake some incense, incense like in a certain direction. But this this app was amazing. And the one thing that let it down is that my internet at home is not oh, very good. So yeah. if, if we can get sort of, you know, broadband level speeds to every house and, you know, networks can start doing that kind of stuff, then I'm completely happy to stream everything, like including live sport. But but until I've got the internet at home, it's it's a really bad experience to see like a tennis ball which moves sometimes, <laughs> you know, at 200 kilometres an hour, whatever that is in miles. It screams across the screen. And to see like the streaming not keep up with that just, just ruins the entire sort of, you know, sporting experience. Yeah, it's it's not it's it's really the content, uh, not the uh, and not the delivery and not the remote control that really bugs me. It's uh, I, I, I'm really uh, blown away by how completely different my not just my attitude towards how I get my TV, but my attitude towards uh, programming sources is. Um, we had the last episode ever of MythBusters uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that was. God, that was enough. Uh, maybe ten years ago, there were maybe a dozen cable channels that kept me subscribed to, to cable, and the Discovery Channel was one of them because they had so many shows that I liked. And they were down to MythBusters, which is the last show that Discovery had that I watch regularly. Now that's done. So there are a couple of shows that I like, but not enough that that means I now have to have the Discovery Channel. I need to have I need to have the Food Network. Okay, uh, I pretty much feel as though I need to have Turner Classic Movies uh, because I just love these. I just love how they program their channel but it's not as though i don't miss certain uh, certain shows from certain channels but it's like there's so much uh, programming on youtube right now that's really really good and not not even when you have a uh, big time uh, big time the uh, eight million hits per uh, views per video uh, professional producers but someone who's just going to solder some stuff for about a, a half an hour the, the, the tested.com videos uh xrobots.co.uk where he's just building <laughs> he is a toy engineer who 3d prints amazing robots that he just thinks he wants to build he's on his third generation of a functional practical bb8 robot he, he built one start to finish all the way down to detailing <laughs> it but then he wasn't satisfied with it because he didn't he, the, it wobbled then he bought then he built a second generation one and all the parts are 3d printed uh and then he building that gave him an idea for how to make it even better uh and so it's just watch all i'm doing is i'm watching him just like talking about uh how he's uh how he's going to 3d print this brand new part because he figured out that if he puts a flywheel in the bottom of it uh the, the magnetic coupling that keeps the dome part connected is going to be like oh my god it's like if, if you took i, I I've, I've amazed myself by thinking that if i were if you told me at 14 years old that one day you're going to have like a 50 inch tv that has so much resolution that's as good as watching a movie and you're going to mostly watch Watch videos of people soldering Arduino packs onto it. Uh, I might not have believed you, uh, but that's it's it's such that I don't really need to have cable anymore. It's not because of that. It's because 
you know, all this stuff is free and it's really good. It's 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 Andy specific and not world general. Yeah, I would. Uh, so we actually don't have cable and we rely heavily like on Netflix and buying stuff on the Google Play Store. And I've done I've used Sling because sometimes I really just want to watch The Walking Dead mm-hmm. live. Uh, one, But one yeah. thing that's really holding it back for me and I might invest in Sling is if there was a way for you to have more of that uh, like DVR preferences so because the they show it live so like i'm in the i'm not i'm in like mountain standard time technically and the east coast will play the episode like a lot you know that time nine o'clock whatever but it's like seven o'clock my time so what happens is that if i miss that time i can't go back and watch it like i have to wait until they rerun it which is like a few hours later so if i could i'm like it already aired please let me just go watch it because uh, the the fun thing about sling is that it gives you the content the day of you don't have to wait the next day until you can download it from google play or whatever um so if there was a way to do that i i may give sling my money i'm thinking about it but (laughs) a lot of the individual channels also have like the uh, like the previous week's worth of stuff like the food network has this week's episode of chopped i think that the lifetime has project runway and that's another channel that i need to save it's it's weird it would have been silly to think about yeah i i actually i actually actually subscribe to cbs all access uh, even though it's free, it's over the air. Even if it's on cable, you don't have to pay for it as a cable channel. But it's just so simple to no longer have to even worry about having a season pass my DVR because the past two weeks of Colbert Show are all there. Uh, I, I watch a lot of shows on uh, on CBS and the ability to be traveling and just watch it whenever I want to. That's worth five or six bucks to me. Uh, as ridiculous as it sounds to be paying for broadcast television. And but. the best part is that they have a Chromecast app. Like you can actually Chromecast all of their, or yeah. their app has Chromecast or sorry, Google Cast capabilities. So you can go in there and cast <laughs> them, which uh, that in itself like saves me. Like oh, I don't have to go get my laptop to Chromecast or sorry, Google Cast this episode. And this episode of material is brought to you by Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online star. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter the offer code material at checkout for 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace has some great templates and tools to get you a professionally designed website, regardless of skills. You can get a site that looks great on desktop, tablet, or mobile with their responsive design templates. And they're designed for professionals, so your site's going to look good. Squarespace puts all the power you need into your hands without taking it without giving you all the pain points. They take that all away because they take care of hosting, scaling, and anything that you get stuck with because they provide 24-7 support with live chat and email so you can get a hold of someone if you run into any issues. Best part of, of Squarespace is that they ensure your security and stability. You don't have to worry about that contact in your admin when uh, something goes wrong or maybe one of your blog posts goes viral. They'll take care of that, all of that for you. Squarespace is a great way to get a site, a commerce platform, or even just a cover page to make you look good to all those people that are looking for you. And if you want to stretch Squarespace even further, you could check out their dev platform. This lets you dig into the code and tinker with Squarespace site. If you sign up for a year, you'll get a free domain name, allowing you to choose exactly what you want from your site to be called. Squarespace.com is where you want to go, and plans start at just $8 a month. Start a trial with no credit card and start building your website today by going to squarespace.com forward slash material. Enter the offer code material for 10% off. We want to thank Squarespace for the support of this show and all of Relay FM. Well, we had a really... A recurring theme on our podcast is that uh, Google sits at the intersection between 
awesome application of technology and vague being skeeved out as what they the power that they have had they if they decide to ever turn on humanity uh, and the fine men and women at WikiLeaks <laughs> <laughs> whose job it is to pour through uh, information that has been private but they believe should not be private uh, has been looking through the uh, Hillary Clinton emails uh, email stash and turned up something kind of interesting from uh, regarding a Google project uh, this was a, an email between uh, Jared Cohen and uh, Clinton staffers uh, Jared Cohen is now the uh, the head of uh, uh, what used to be Google Ideas, uh, now it's called uh, Jigsaw because Google Ideas sounds as though they're doing a good, uh, interesting investigation and exploration and, and, and experimentation. Jigsaw makes it sound like a nefarious one-world government sort of <laughs> plan to take over uh, and hand over humanity to the spider aliens. So that, that, that's a good move for, for, for a name change. And stuff like this is not going to make people feel better about it. Um, uh Google Ideas had this really interesting data visualization project. They figured out that uh, when uh, governments are in turmoil, when political situations are unstable, uh, people who might have been allied allied to a certain uh, movement might, when they when they decide that they're no longer going to be allied, when they're when they're going away, when they're when they're quitting it, when they're turning turning to the other side, they don't just simply do so privately. They will go onto Facebook. They will shoot a YouTube video saying, you know, I used to be a Mets fan. But then after the past eight games, they're all jerks, and I'm a Yankees fan. And so they wrote the, this wrote this piece of software that would look for uh, the uh, n- the number and the velocity and the location of people who were changing alliances like that. And as uh, uh, as uh, they posted a uh, they posted to the Google Ideas site uh, the, this this actual project that actually looked at uh, the. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, the, the the Assad regime and all the horrible thing that the, the regime was doing to its own uh, Syrian citizens, and so they they, they had posted all these uh, information, these data maps that shows that this is how it's showing people they're changing from uh, who used to have political alliances that are now moving with still within the regime, but they're changing their alliances. These are people who are actually disconnecting from the regime completely. These are parts of people in the public who used to be uh, used to talk about how they support uh, support uh, the, the Assad, and now they're uh, against it. Uh, and so it's in this public site, it was talking about how it's just an interesting data visualization project and how it could be applied to lots of different things. This email between Jared Cohen, however, who used to be a Clinton staffer uh, in 2010, this is an email in 2012, uh, talking about what they're doing with this app and sort of asking for some information. That, is there any reason why we maybe shouldn't be publicizing this or is there any way we could use make this more effective? Uh, and here's a direct quote from that email, that private email. Our logic behind this is that while many people are tracking the atrocities in Syria, nobody is visually representing and mapping the defections, which we believe are important in encouraging more people to defect and giving confidence to the opposition. So that's okay. There, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, it's, uh, if you're, if you're killing hundreds of thousands of your own people, you are very bad. You should be deposed. People should be helping you to, uh, people should be trying to get you out of there in your place of absolute horrific power uh, and save lives. That's a good thing. It's interesting though, when you take a look at not only how much uh, power Google has to observe the internet, they also have the ability with, if, if, if you're, if you're playing the drinking game, get ready to drink again. 
apply machine learning <laughs> to all of these different uh, pieces of data that they're getting. And also, given that a lot of people's user interface to news and uh, news and uh, and search results is through Google, they will they would also have the ability to influence how people see the world. So. Uh, I'm glad they did this because, again, Assad was oh, good heavens! That's it's. it's I, I feel as though it's it's inappropriate to uh, for a non-political podcast to even talk about it. The, the atrocities that are being inflicted uh, on an ongoing basis. It really is a humanitarian disaster that the world has to get together to to fight against. Uh, so I'm, I'm uh, it's uh, you, you almost don't have the vocabulary to talk about it. Um, but then you think about what if they were using a tool, they were building a tool like this, tool like this, not against the Assad regime, but against somebody that you simply disagree with or someone that you actually support. And could they have the ability to? We built a tool to make sure that the. I'm being glib here because if I'm not a glib, uh, will we get desperately sad and seriously serious? I want to make sure that the New York Yankees cannot get the world, not win the World Series because they're going to get booed everywhere. We're going to make sure that people who used to support them are going to be uh, going against them, and their their sponsors are going to drop them. Why, what power would they have to do whatever they want, whenever they want, and not actually break any laws in doing so? Yeah, it's a really interesting question because when you think about it, it, a company like Google has so much influence over the world. Like they're delivering your search results. They're able to come up with you know visualizations like this thanks to the power of machine learning. <laughs> and when they start to <laughs> – this starts to leak over into the political and I guess – geopolitical sort of spheres it's it can be a little bit scary because it's like you say andy like we might all agree like here and now that you know Assad is a bad guy but i bet you there's people out there maybe even some listening to the show who's like actually if you research it and you look into this and that you know he's not so bad for these reasons like there are different angles this one might be a little bit more clear-cut but what happens when it's not clear-cut and what happens when the people running these tools you know have their own political agendas and potentially team up with you know, even presidential candidates. I guess that's a thing that's that's going on in the US. And if you want to look at the the fictional aspect of it, you know, this was covered in the latest you know season of House of Cards. I don't think that's a huge spoiler, but <laughs> you know, one one of the parties, and if not both the parties, team up with a search engine company. Funnily enough, to try and you know just watch what all the people are saying. So when there's a debate on TV, they're like, all right, what do people think about all the talking points? Which ones resonated? Which ones didn't? And you know, when companies like Google are building things like this, it can be a little bit scary if they give it to one side and not the other or if they skew it you know one way and not the other there's there's probably in some of these situations there's there's a tipping point and if you can kind of tip it one way you can have a big influence you know on the world yeah i think it's just uh it kind of speaks into what our lives are right now they're so digital right uh so many of the humanitarian workers social act, act like social activists and uh, protesters are communicating through online tools like twitter and other networks social networks that are online and so all that information is out there. And so because we are, you know, Google, a company that, you know, scours the internet for information, we can present all this information. We have all that data. Um, and it's, it's kind of like with when Facebook um, had the ability when I forget who was a tsunami or something, or sorry, when, uh, when the Paris attacks, they uh, set out a tool that allowed people to check in with their family members that were in Paris. They were like, you know, blah, blah, blah is okay. They've reached us or, or things of that nature. So like, it's really great in those scenarios because they are connected and they can see what, what's happening um, with that. And so 
there's the really good parts. And then there's also, yeah, like you mentioned, the really scary parts because they are controlling what information they're feeding us. Going back to to Facebook again is when they did those tests, when they were feeding people, was it uh, sad stories to see if they would actually change their mood? And then, well, guess what? It did. <laughs> and so, like, if you think about that, like, that is terrifying because a tech company who may or may not be ran by people who may or may not have the best intentions for you have so much power and control of what they can feed you and what information they're giving you. Like that has to, I don't know, that has to terrify you just slightly a little bit. I don't know, at least for me, because it's uh, what, what happens when this falls into the wrong hands? And I think that's ultimately always the, the question that people ask themselves, right? It's like, where can we build this? And what happens when, Maybe well, someone else. It's not even the wrong hands. It's like, what if you and I yeah. disagree oh, right. on something? Yeah. So what if it, there's, a, there's a legitimate 50-50 debate and we both think we're the right hands? Like, you it's kind of like what, is, do, isometric. Does one of us still get to use that? It's like isometric material. You know, there are four <laughs> pandas and they hate koalas and we are advocate for the koalas because we think they are gentle creatures who are lovable and can, you know, also scratch your, your face off. But... What happens if Isometric gets a hold of Google and they are feeding everyone these uh, mean things about koalas and just feeding people cute panda videos? It's very Because that's the thing about visualization <laughs> as well, is when you think about it, like you, you can make all sorts of graphs and visualizations and things, and all it takes is just to change the data, not even change the data, just represent the data slightly differently, and suddenly you're telling a different story. You know, you see people with these graphs, they're like, look at the huge disparity in this bar graph, and then you notice they've left off the y-axis, yeah. and really it's only like a 1% difference, and you're like, well, wait a minute, you're not, you can't do that, but you can. When you're visualizing things, yeah. you know, you can do all sorts of interesting things to make something seem bigger or, or smaller than it actually is. Yeah, it's it's particularly worrisome when you have like I'm thinking a lot of political campaigns where you have candidates that are a little bit let's say fragile uh, and have proven themselves to be very very uh, emotionally unhinged when people are saying when they think that things are not going quite their way uh, and you can imagine if let's let's say that somebody wanted to make sure that one of these fragile candidates absolutely imploded. And they decided to deploy some absolutely fair and balanced uh, visual, visualization tools that used numbers that were technically, I suppose, not terribly wrong, but not really right either. Uh, but the entire point of this exercise was to choose a numerical model that would demonstrate that supporters of this presidential candidate are flocking towards candidate C, which would cause this person to stop being quite so confident about uh, the, his, his, uh, the statements that he's making, be a little bit more extreme, try to be a little bit more noisy, and drive more people away from him. I keep thinking about that uh, uh, the uh, F. Murray Abraham scene uh, between him and uh, Robert Redford in Sneakers where he says, talks about, well, that's, you have a bank. Bank is the bank is secure, but then the computer says and releases some numbers that say that the bank is not secure. People believe the numbers. They start taking their money out. Suddenly, the bank is not support. It's not secure. The computer, the computer control the reality, and <laughs> yeah, it's we, we've. Uh, you, you kind of I I find myself just re- trying to remember if. Uh, don't be evil was eradicated from the business plan or whether they just it's still there but google just doesn't make a big deal of it anymore do the right thing andy just do the right thing move to canada got it (laughs) (laughs) hey uh no i won't go into detail because i think their their prime minister is super awesome but i'll end it there Wow, what a, what a heavy topic to to wrap up on, Yasmin. I don't know how you're going to bring this show I, back. I, a... I don't even know. So I think we're just going to end it just like a hang-up call. Boom. That was a... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> bloop, bloop. We want to thank...
thank everyone for listening um, and finding out about Google and Android and everything. So maybe we should end it with like a lighter story. I don't know. So like a quick, quick uh, update that we can give, or should we just send it? I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll, I'll give you. I'll, I'll end it on, okay. on something, something very, very nice. On my flight, on my flight home from LAX, uh, I was, I was in Group One boarding, so I already had my seat, so I get to watch everybody boarding and saying a silent prayer that the guy who was in the really that Undertaker costume that hadn't been washed in a month and was striking up conversations with people randomly. And I'm just praying, 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 keeping my mind focused on that one pure thought that he's not going to be in the middle seat next to me. Uh, but I see this kid and I first, I first notice his Android t-shirt, which has the Android droid eating an Apple logo. And I'm like, Oh, isn't that nice? And he also, I also see he's got a first generation Moto 360 watch on. He looks to be about 10 or 11. And I'm like, yes, they got him. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and if, if this, if this had been like the 1950s where we're, we're you know, strangers allowed to simply say, you know what, I'm going to oh, stewardess. I'd like to, I'd like, I'd like to pay for an ice cream su- Sunday to be delivered to that lad <laughs> with the violence against Apple logo t-shirt on. I like the cut of his jib. But that's not the sort of thing that you do in this modern age. So I just simply spent a – I diverted some of my psychic ability that I was focusing on getting this – make sure that the Undertaker guy would not sit next to me on a six-hour red-eye flight back to Boston and used it to send good karma to this kid. I hope that he – I hope that good things happen for him because I don't – not that I support uh, – not that I support uh, having negative vibes against – Operating systems you don't happen to use, <laughs> but I like the fact that he's letting his let his Android freak flag fly high and proud. I'm I am the worst when I see someone with an Android shirt. I'm like, yeah, Android, and like they always forget that they're wearing that shirt, so they're like looking at me like, who is this woman yelling at me saying that she loves Android? <laughs> or when I see a Moto 360, I'm like, is that the version one or is that the version two? You know, like. <laughs> uh, so I feel like I need to have like some material, uh, I don't know, stickers or business card that I just like drop on. I'm like, hey, check us out. I think you might like us we're material podcasts you know just listen to us no you got, you got to do that classic thing yasmin where as they're walking past you just kind of pat them on the back and as, as you do you've landed a material sticker Ooh. right on their shoulder and they, they won't know till they get i home. was gonna i was just gonna suggest something more subtle you just simply silently hand them a card that says yes i am yasmin <laughs> Evgen from the material podcast i will sign whatever you want me to sign believe me it would be stranger if you didn't ask let's just get this out of the way so that the tension is over with and we can both enjoy the food <laughs> that you would a be tip? a treat here's a tip you just got to serve yasmin Evgen of material podcast yeah. how do you feel <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you know who I am? Ladies and gentlemen of United Airlines Flight 231, God will not let this plane crash because I, Russell Ivanovic, am on it. I'm way too important to the Android community, as I think you'll all understand. I'm like having the Pope and a bishop on the board, so you're all fine. This plane is not going to explode in midair. I repeat... It will not be because of me that this explode. This plane might explode and in midair. Tim Cook just stands up and, and gives Russell the look. <laughs> I want to thank everyone for listening. Andy, where can people find you on the internet? As usual, uh, on Twitter and on my blog, uh, just hit at Anatko, spell my last name, I-H-N-A-T-K-O, uh, and on my blog at Anatko.com. I'm also, of course, a technology columnist of Chicago sometimes, but it's easier for me to link to stuff from uh, from Twitter. And Russell, where can people find you on the line? 
on the line, they can find me at Rusty Shelf. You just take the word Rusty, you take the word Shelf, you jam them together, and that's where you find me. And you'll also find me speaking for the material T-shirt. I think by the time this goes out, you've only got one or two days left. And, you know, people like Simone are already buying up all the stock. There could be none left by the time you get there. You really have to go to teespring.com slash material podcast and just press that order button as hard as you can before, before Simone does. I'm just excited that Simone is going to be walking around with my face everywhere. So that's Simone from uh, Rocket. And they'll be like, excuse me, are you Yasmin Evian? And she'll have to be like, no. No, sorry, sorry I'm, I'm not. Just, I'm just, just, I'm just Simone. Uh, and you can find me at Yasmin Evian on Twitter. You can find us at, at Material Podcast on Twitter. You can also send us some feedback at materialpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the web at relay.fm forward slash material. And also don't forget to buy a shirt, teespring.com forward slash material podcast. Until next time, stay in material. the music i'm just dancing to the music and and that i can listen to <laughs> it's, not, it's nice that you're getting in practice yeah, you exactly video <laughs> podcast you want to make sure you want to make sure you'll, you'll have your glass <laughs> night and the pip, pips moves done oh uh, yeah yeah exactly leaving on the midnight train